Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. What up, Get Up Nation? My name is Ben Biddick, the host of the Get Up Nation podcast and co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with Adam Greenberg, former Major League Baseball player and CEO of LuRongLiving.com. Episode 15 features Dina Kukulis. As Dina strived to help her son cope with post-traumatic stress disorder associated with his military service in the Marine Corps during the global war on terror, she didn't expect a brief family video posted on Facebook to go viral. As people enjoyed her family video more than one million times, Dina quickly recognized her family's experience had deep roots in the American consciousness. Since then, Dina committed herself to creating a world of mental health fluency, compassion, and empowerment for those who are overcoming the challenges associated with traumatic stress. She's in the process of writing a children's book and regularly raises awareness about the importance of mental health through the powerful, ineffable core connections that exist between animals and people. These are the type of potent core connections that can help bring men and women great comfort during their process of transitioning from post-traumatic stress to post-traumatic growth. Thank you, Dina, for coming on the show. On December 7th, 2016, you recorded a family video of your son, Peter, that went viral. I checked this morning, and there are more than a million views of this video. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the video, will you describe what happened? So, basically, my son, Peter, was showing some pretty clear symptoms of PTSD. So, I'm sure I'll cover that later in the interview, but back to that night, we had gone a few days prior to go pick out this beagle puppy for my son and thought it was going to be ready the week of Christmas, and the puppy was injured by one of her litter mates and had to have a tooth extracted and some stitches and had to be taken away from her mother. So I got everything cleared up with my vet. I was just in high gear. They were going to let us have the puppy early. Um, and I honestly just shared this video on my Facebook. Um, my husband happened to be working in Alabama that day and picked Willa up. The family that we got her from had started calling her Willa because they felt she had the will to live because she was only four weeks old. And we just thought that name was so appropriate. So my husband came home with the dog and I got a box all prepared that we didn't close up completely. I had a lot of people question us about that, but she was only in the box for just a, a few seconds before we gave her to Peter. And his reaction just really warmed a lot of people all over the world. By the next morning, I got a phone call from a news agency um New York City asking if I wanted them to represent them, which was, you know, kind of overwhelming. I don't think I slept for three weeks after that video came out. I went ahead and did that. I sent the contract to a, a lawyer friend of mine, and the most important thing for that was just to license the video to me 
so that nobody would change the video because Peter does have a daughter and he's also going to be dealing with PTSD for the rest of his life. So it was important to me during that time to do anything I could to protect him. So that's why I'm representing him. Something with that video just resonated with people and I felt moved to do something good with it. That's where you came in and the book, Mental Health Emergencies, all these resources that I've connected with over the past year. I just felt like I wanted to spread the awareness of the healing powers of animals and just the unconditional love that they provide. Since we gave Willa to Peter, his life has changed tremendously. He has bought his own home. He's making decisions by himself, good decisions. And Willa is not a certified therapy dog, but she helps him with his sleep and gives him a sense of purpose. And, you know, the list just goes on and on of what she's done for him. On the video, it was very clear that immediately that dog had an effect. Can you describe a little little bit more about how introducing this dog has impacted his process of healing? To give you a little bit of background leading up to why we got Peter a beagle and some very sad things that happened prior to to Willa coming into his life, Um, he was in the Marines for four years. He actually enlisted on September 11th when he was 18. He decided when he was 11 years old on September 11th that he was going to become a Marine. And even through all of the normal, you know, teenage things, that was the one thing he he knew he was going to do. Well, when he was nine years old, we adopted a beagle for him named Jackie. And while he was in Afghanistan, Jackie passed away. And when he got back from Afghanistan, the only fatality in his unit was the dog handler and the IED dog. So we had to break the news to him that day that he got back. I mean, I just had to tell him because he asked about how she was doing. He had really just hit rock bottom. And that's when I started seeing how bad his PTSD was, he just was having trouble sleeping. If there was a bad thunderstorm, it agitated him. He is extremely patriotic. So even on today, which is such a sad day for our nation with what happened here in Florida, about seven hours from where we live, when things like that happen, it can be a trigger for him because he feels like he should be there helping. I'm sure all veterans feel like that, but a friend of mine from middle school had reached out to me a few times just to check on Peter because she works for the VA in Lake City, and I reached out to her just and told her I'm very worried about my son. I can't get him to get help. i checking on him at all hours of the night. It was just a very difficult time, and She helped me so much. She had somebody from the VA that would call Peter on the phone and at least try and get him to talk if he would. And finally, his brother, George, who is also a Navy veteran, moved back to Tallahassee. And that's pretty much the pivotal time that 
the two boys got together, and I know they're men, but I'll always call them boys. They just had this bond that they were able to start talking about things and encourage one another to go get help and reach out to the resources that are available to you. And he started going out again and doing, you know, things with his friends, and fishing became a big part of his life. If you see in the video, he's working on a fishing lure, completely oblivious to what's going on around him. And then the box is in front of him, and he's like, he cusses. <laughs> and I said, Peter's done this. But at first, I think Peter struggled a little bit to bond with Willa because he was afraid that he wasn't capable of taking care of her, quite honestly. And, you know, little by little, they started doing a lot of things together. And I wanted to mention some of the resources that have kind of come into my life to share with people when they get a chance to go look at Willa's Instagram page. started visiting schools. Um, I went to visit a third grade class recently, and they didn't know until that day that I was coming with Willa. So I'm going to visit another third grade class next week, I believe, and they're going to find out a week before, and I'm going to see what the difference is with when they're prepared and when they're not so they have a chance to watch the video with their parents. But the message that I didn't realize I was going to try and relay through a children's book was that um, I was describing the PTSD to the third graders as a feeling of being nervous, like the first day of school, um, if you've had a loved one die. A couple of little girls in the class did cry, um, but I told them a funny story about the day that we picked Willa out, and then they seemed to bounce back. But the biggest message I ended up giving them is if you're feeling sad about something, whether it's the first day of school or you know, having to go to a party you don't want to go to, it's okay to talk to somebody. And if you're feeling sad for one day, two days, and you don't have anything to be sad about, it's okay to tell somebody, whether it's your parent, a friend, your teacher, your guidance counselor. There's so many people available to you that care about you and want to make sure that you're happy and you're okay. And that's what I'm going to do. And I think Willa is just the messenger that if she could talk to me, uh, would say, this is what you have to do. We have to spread the word that it's okay to tell somebody if you're feeling sad. One of the resources that I have connected with is called Operation Sidekick. And they're in Charlotte, North Carolina, I believe. And they rescue and rehabilitate pit bulls for veterans suffering with PTSD. And I think that they're just awesome because there's, I believe, 3,000 pit bulls euthanized every day. And then the rate of suicide with veterans, 22 a day. That 22 is what stuck out in my mind when I went to check on my son at night. Another one is Canines for Warriors. I believe they're in Ponte Vedra, Florida. And they rescue dogs from animal shelters and train them for veterans. Southeastern guide dogs train dogs for the blind, but 
half of those dogs don't pass the requirements to become a guide dog. And so they started rehabilitating and training them. And they breed them on that campus down there, which is so cool to me. I went to visit it once. They have paused for Patriots, I think it's called, and they Peter could have gotten a dog from Southeastern Guide Dogs, but being the the person that he is, he he didn't want to do it because he thought there was somebody that was worse off that would need a dog other than him. So it was like, you know, I was trying, but sometimes you can push too hard and then they withdraw. Another resource that I've connected with, too, is called the Code 9 Project. And they're really raising the awareness of the suicide rate of first responders. I can only imagine what's going on with the first responders in South Florida today. And I live right across the street from the state capitol, and I know that I'm not sure if it's passed or not, but Florida was going to be one of the states that was going to pass that PTSD. They could get benefits, first responders. And a lot of veterans go into law enforcement. So I just have so much respect for them and appreciation. For those who are listening who are mothers, friends, family members, and they're starting to notice somebody that they care about experiencing symptoms of post-traumatic stress, what are some challenges you face? My number one word is going to be boundaries because as a mother, you have to have the strength to put the boundaries up with the people that have come to you with their concern because it's human nature for everybody in the family, especially I'm part of a big Greek family, and Peter's extremely close with everybody in our family. So I've definitely had to respect what everybody's sharing with me, but put the boundaries up and don't give up. You're the one that knows your child better than anybody else. It doesn't matter if they're seven years old or 27 years old. Don't be afraid to call the VA yourself. Anybody that's been in the military, anybody that you can think of is pretty much what I did is I went down a list of who do I know that I can trust to help me with my son. And I also still like feel like whoever that representative is in the family, whether it's the mother, whether it's the father. In my family situation, my two other children, George and Maria, they have a different way of viewing things. They're extremely protective of their brother, but they can also relate with him because they're closer to his age. So I still have to put boundaries up with my family about things that Peter might be going through to trust that he's making the decisions. Or if I think somebody in the family has crossed a boundary, I have to gently remind them and just hope that they'll be respectful that I'm just being his mother and you would do the same for your child, too. And I'm willing, really, to talk to anybody. So if they do go to Willa's Instagram page, my cell phone number's on there. One thing that happened after the video came out that I wasn't expecting was people from all over the world sharing their stories with me of their experiences with PTSD. And it's not just military-related. You know, it's any horrific event that anybody's gone through and what might not seem a big deal to some people is to others. I think it's immensely important, like you were saying, to understand that post-traumatic stress generated out of a feeling of extreme terror and helplessness, and it doesn't have to be combat. It doesn't have to be bullets 
flying and, and explosions going off. There are so many ways that people experience that, and I think it's a really good point. It affects every member of the family. I mean, I've been through my experience after Peter came back. You are, as a parent, just never the same again. I had to go through therapy myself just to deal with all of it. The other thing I might bring to light regarding mental illness and depression and anxiety, the isolation, if family members could just understand that when another one is isolating themselves, it can also be because they're trying to just stay focused on getting better themselves. And when you become so open about a struggle and your loved ones know it, they can also tell when they feel that they have no credibility with you because they think that it, it's a weakness and it's an illness. People don't choose PTSD. I mean, you you can't go through any experience and come back the same person. You, you're going to be different in some way, and, and you never know when those triggers are going to happen. I mean, you could just be doing day-to-day -day things, and trigger happens, and what do you do? That's why I love that book, Mental Health Emergencies, because I actually have it in my hair salon right now, and my clients have been reading it, and I had a woman tell me the other day about a young boy that committed suicide here in Tallahassee, and she said if they had a book like that, several books like that, maybe somebody might have known and, and would have reached out to him, or maybe he would have seen something about it. I love that about social media, because if you're afraid to actually take the steps to go get help, there's tons of resources out there. I mean, even if I think you can text the therapist now, and I would hope that if they thought somebody was in, in distress or a harm to themselves, that they would take the measures. It sounds like you've been dealing with a lot of combating the stigma and increasing awareness, really being a beacon of light for those who may feel that sense of isolation or loneliness or, or somehow feel ashamed in some way that they're having these symptoms. And I think what's really powerful is how people start to collectively realize that these are normal responses to traumatic events. And once we understand the process of how these things work, it creates so much more empathy and it creates a depth of experience where people are finding a higher level of empowerment, openness, strength that they never even conceived of before. Do you have that experience as well? I totally do. There's a new Instagram page called Mental Minute Project and people give their testimonials on there of things that they do to cope with whatever their mental illness is. And I just love it because what brave people, what, what I've been inspired to do has kept me so focused and I'm just thriving off of, of what I'm doing and it's definitely keeping me in a positive mood, that's for sure. At first when all those people were sharing their stories with me, it deeply affected me to where I was starting to have a hard time go to, going to work for probably about three weeks. I mean, I'm... I'm 52 now, but I was having to call my mother just to be able to kind of walk through the door because somebody had just shared a story with me about how their father took their own life. As an adult, she, uh, she was a, a grown woman with children, and he just couldn't take it anymore. And I talked with a young woman that had a tragic event happen to her while she was in the military, and she can't work now. I mean, it reminds me of that movie, um, Bruce Almighty. When he when he's God or something, and all these prayers that are coming into him, and he 
you know, can't process it. So I'm glad that I waited about a full year since the video came out to really think about what I wanted to do and who the audience was that I wanted to reach. It was children. I found this book called Max the Blue Jay, and the message in it is just to be kind to one another. And the age group of that book is four to eight. And so I knew then just because of, of the colors of the book that I had to have an animated Willa and just tell the story like it happened using technology. I do want to make clear I was on a waiting list at some animal shelters to get a beagle. But in Florida, they said that beagles usually don't come into the shelter until after hunting season, unfortunately. And so I did have good intentions of rescuing a beagle. But I just became desperate when nothing was sure. happening. And it was why I think Canines for Warriors, Operation Sidekick, um, and I know there's so many other. These are just the ones on the East Coast that I've connected with. But they're rescuing animals and, and doing something good with them. So in Willa's world, everybody would have a dog. I love it, Dean. I'm so proud of you and your family, and I am so impressed with what you're doing and how it seems like this really it was something you did not foresee happening, and you have really bravely, admirably, and nobly taken this on out of your love for your son and how many others out there are experiencing that with their loved one, whether they're veterans or not, and your uh, sensitivity to the first responder community. I, I just have massive respect for what you're doing. And so appreciative of of you wanting to talk to me. I feel incredibly honored. I've looked at all the guests that you've had on your podcast, and I still this morning before you know I was preparing for this phone call, I I was like, why is he asking me? But I think it's kind of like my son Peter. He he doesn't realize any of this, and I you know really want to protect his privacy. But obviously, everybody knows his name. I think that he just has this gift that he doesn't realize he has, and and people saw that that raw emotion when he opens that box, and and I just want everybody to know that he's doing great. Our whole family's doing great. Willa has truly saved all of us, and please feel free to reach out to me. I'm not a professional, but I can lead you in the right direction of, of resources um, to find a, a dog for yourself and. I'm happy to do it. I always close the show, Dino, with six questions. Are you willing to run through them with me? Sure. Who are you thankful for today? Today I'm thankful for my husband and the support that he gives not only me and my entire family. And what are you thankful for today? Today I'm thankful to be alive. And how do you fuel the fire within you? Usually what I do in any given situation, mostly if it's something that I'm nervous about or I feel negative about, is I try and find one positive thing about that situation or that person. If I can't find it, then I just try to find my happy place. <laughs> What's one thing adversity taught you to value? One thing that adversity has taught me to value is to love myself, do what's right for me, not for others, and to just remember on those dark days where I might be in a hole that I will come out of it and the sun will come out tomorrow. What are you doing today you never thought you could? 
I'm helping people and I'm seeing the fruits of my labor and I never imagined I would be in a role like this, but I want to do the best that I can and I want people to remember me as somebody that really just wanted to see peace and love amongst everyone. Mm -hmm. I honestly feel that way. And what will you do tomorrow you never thought you could? I'm willing to, to take this thing with Willa and the book that I'm writing and take it as far as I can. If it could just be a tool in classrooms, waiting rooms, anywhere with the resources that it could touch somebody that's struggling, I know I can do it. Thank you, Dina, for coming on the show and sharing your family's journey with Get Up Nation. I appreciate your candor and insights into what it is like for those who have loved ones who are experiencing post-traumatic stress. Thank you for your willingness to share and become a beacon of light and hope for others. We wish you and your family a life of peace and power and honor your heroism that refuses to leave anyone behind, especially those who volunteer to create a world free from terror. May those who volunteer to combat terrorism and the armed forces, who run headlong into the battle against those who seek to inflict terror, experience the profound glory and victory of personal peace. And may those survivors of non-military trauma experience that same victory over those who have perpetrated violence against you or others. We stand at the forefront of a new era of liberation where each person is valued, where the effects of trauma hatred, and poverty are swallowed up in healing, resilience, and empowerment, and where ineffective, divisive political processes transition into effective services for each person, regardless of category, and where our children's schools and streets are free from terror and full of the awe and brilliance of life.